Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Right, good to be with you, Payne and Pendergast. Real quick, and then we'll get to a, a GOAT's comments about C.J. Stroud. People are seeing you laugh on the YouTube, so they're going to wonder what you're laughing at right now. I'm, I'm laughing at some stats I'm going to share with you when we talk about C.J. Stroud. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. I <laughs> can't wait to hear these. Um, real quick, uh, Tex, this goes back to the audio we played earlier of uh, Nick Casario yesterday vehemently denying that he wants to go back to New England or go anywhere other than stay here in Houston. Um, ben Volan is a writer up in Boston who thinks that Nick Casario doth protest too much. Um, Middle Screen points this out. He said, I didn't realize Ben Volan's pinned tweet is from November and says, Patriots like Mayo, but if Belichick leaves, they may want Vrabel and Casario. So Volan's got kind of a vested interest in this now, since he's, you know, he's got his pin tweet headline article from two months ago up there. That um, um, when I read that, I didn't for some reason it didn't register that he was like talking about Gerard Mayo, and maybe it's because I had just mentioned Will Levis. Yeah, I thought it was like I, I thought it was a metaphor for something like Patriots like Mayo. But uh, like if Belichick, like, like, like yeah, like Belichick is the mayonnaise. Yeah. Uh, so, if, but if Belichick leaves, they may want Vrabel and Casario. Like Vrabel and Casario, more like a, a ketchup and mustard. Mustard I don't and know. relish. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that'd be the poster. Yeah. Ketchup and mustard. Yep, yeah. There you go. Um, mustard and relish. Jackie. Listen, listen, we put ketchup on hot dogs where I'm from. Yeah. Okay. Gross. Sick weirdos Gross. that think that that's somehow somehow strange. it's nasty. Um, Jackie Goss, the Texans North up in Boston needs to adjust their expectations. I'm so tired of I'm so tired of the Patriots trying to copy the AFC South everything and uh, pluck up various yep. people, but especially the Texans. We yeah. are they, not yeah, Bill the, O'Brien. Yeah. Everybody, it's been proven. You try to take somebody from the Texans and make it work up in New England, and it's not going to work. Bill O'Brien was a dismal mess this year. Yep. Okay? So stop trying it, Patriots. It's sad and pathetic. We are not the Texans North. <laughs> not that it's not erotic, though. <laughs> Robert Kraft. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to watch him rebuild. Bob Kraft. I bet. How old? I bet Bob Kraft is actually like forty-six or something, isn't he? <laughs> I think he's I, just, like he strikes he's, me as that kind of guy. Like when he was <laughs> ridden hard and hung up wet. <laughs> 
like when he first proposed to the boss's daughter, which is what he did, everybody. Um, yeah. when he first, when he first decided to shag his way to riches, That's right. uh, like his, her father was probably like, why did you bring a, why did you bring a 68 year old? I'd like to marry your daughter. <laughs> All right, let's get to uh, let's get to Peyton Manning. This Peyton- guy, this guy's so slow. He'll never he'll never do anything dodgy in a massage parlor. <laughs> never. This guy, I can trust this guy with my daughter. That's right. She was dead by then, but you she. Know. <laughs> I was gonna. <laughs> what I thought about pointing that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She was. People die. Yeah, you know? it happens. Um, yeah. Peyton Manning, still alive. Uh, he For now. Uh, he For he now. had he had this to say. Uh, he was on a. Uh, a podcast yeah. with Kevin Clark. With Kevin Clark. And Kevin Clark was talking about him, talking to Peyton about just how difficult it is being a, a rookie quarterback. And Peyton was making fun. Peyton was saying he wishes somebody would break his record of most interceptions thrown in a season uh, as a rookie. Like He's like, of all the records that are going to get broken by uh, of his, that's the one that he'd really love to get broken. And he was having a lot of fun with it, kind of poking fun at himself. But Kevin Clark you know, brought up C.J. Stroud. And just how good C.J. Stroud has been at taking care of the football, and asked him this. I mean, I mean, C.J. Stroud, the way he's played this year, I mean, like the respect I have for his season, I can't describe it enough because of what my rookie season was like. I mean, I always say, well, it's tough being a rookie in the NFL. C.J. Stroud's like, it doesn't look that tough. It was extremely <laughs> tough for me. So, look, the game is faster. You play at Ohio State. You play at Alabama. The NFL, I mean, it's just faster. I think I made my game too fast because I said, well, the NFL is so much faster and you know, my drops have to be even faster and I have to go through my reads even faster and that's not necessarily what you have to do you just have to respect the speed of the defense and understand hey I just can't make that throw I made that throw a ton and I can't make that throw right and that's how you prevent those turnovers I think CJ has figured that out so much quicker than I did it took me a whole season I kind of figured it out my second year right but I had to go through that rookie year yeah and uh, and I think like that part of it, knowing which throws you can and cannot make, that's that was freakishly good with CJ. Except that it was made better because it was coupled with an aggressiveness that like it wasn't like he was gun shy and wasn't throwing interceptions because he was so scared to to unleash it. He was averaging those first five games where he didn't throw a pick. He was averaging seven point nine yards per attempt. It was crazy just how effective he was downfield and not. And he was the first to point out he got lucky a couple times. Like, like you don't sure. have a stretch like that without getting a little bit lucky here and there. But the sum total of it was even without the luck, he still would have thrown very few interceptions for how for how aggressive they were downfield. He threw five interceptions all season, and three of them came in one game, which is even more yeah. remarkable. They weren't. It wasn't like they were. Sp- it wasn't like the league started to figure him out after not throwing interceptions and started. You know, each game someone would jump in a passing lane and pick one off. Like he just had one really bad day against the Cardinals. That was sixty percent of his interceptions, and they won the game too. That's the crazy thing. Is he threw an interception against the Saints? That's where he threw his first one. He threw three against the Cardinals. I forget who he threw the other one against, but those are two games that they actually won, and he threw his picks in. It's kind of crazy. I will tell you this, Seth: Peyton Manning's record for interceptions thrown by a rookie is never getting broken. You know how many he threw? Yeah. Was, uh, was it twenty-eight? Twenty-eight. Yeah, twenty-eight. Yeah. That's never getting broken because one, 
the league just the the league is just more cognizant of they, protecting the football. And two, no rookie's ever going to be allowed to stay in long enough to throw yeah. twenty eight interceptions. Payton, Payton came in when like a two to one touchdown to interception ratio was still considered. You know, okay, that's a good NFL quarterback. Where now it's uh, you know. Don't even talk about a guy being good with it unless he's like four to one or five to one. Yeah. You know, so um, that's changed a lot. Yeah. And he also Peyton made this point: they'll they'll manage rookies more carefully now and pull them out. Like whereas he had Jim Morris Senior that would have just just let Peyton die out there, just let him die. Uh, I think I can remember he benched him like once um, and and made him feel really bad about it too. There was no soft shoulder to lean on with, with Jim Morris. No, no, he started every game, but yeah, he, he, I'm sure. Yeah. Somewhere along the way in a game, he probably got benched. Absolutely. I, I, I know you've got some Joe Flacco, yeah. uh, quotes here. I just want to, I want to preface this. If you're thinking about rookie quarterbacks and you know, where they might end up 15 years from now or so Joe Flacco, his rookie year went to the playoffs with the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I, Sean, I'm just going to read some, I'm going to read his, his box score stats to you. This isn't a game. This isn't a season where they went and and went to the AFC championship game, lost it to Pittsburgh in 2008. Um, the, the first, this can't possibly, it is true. Okay. Um, the first wildcard game versus Miami, he was in a victory. He was 9 for 23, completion <laughs> percentage of 39% for 135 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Yeah, 43% or 39% completion rate. Dude, the second and game, they won 27 to 9. <laughs> they won 27 to 9. The fact, that, the fact that Ray Lewis held off from murdering this kid, this rookie, <laughs> is like a testament to the restraint that Ray Lewis he is He evolved of over time, Ray Lewis did, yeah. Next week, Stop divisional playoffs, people. Baltimore at Tennessee, a victory, a, a Baltimore victory, 13 Ugh. to 10. He was 11 for 22 for 161 yards. Oh, my God. Um, he must have completed one deep one there because like, I don't know how he got 161 yards on those 11 completions. Um, the, but then in the, in the championship game, that's where uh, everything came home to roost. Final score was... Uh, was Pittsburgh twenty three to fourteen? Yeah. So Baltimore again, like the defense held Pittsburgh to twenty three points. Flacco was thirteen for thirty, completed forty three percent of his passes for one hundred forty one yards, zero touchdowns, three interceptions, three interceptions, including a pick six to Troy Polamalu to get the over. And you know how I remember that? That was a leg. I had that the biggest parlay I've ever won in my life. Yeah. Biggest parlay I've ever won in my life. A ten dollar parlay that netted five thousand seven hundred dollars. Really? Yes. It was an eight. Wow. It was an eight leg parlay that had a bunch of underdogs in it. Really? Yes. And one of the legs of that parlay to keep it alive. I had the Steelers minus the points, but yeah. I needed the over in that game, and the over was like forty one. Oh. And 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 the so the the Ravens had the ball. So the only way it looked like I was going to get the over is if the Ravens also covered the spread. So my parlay was going to die unless I got a pick six, and Troy Polamalu intercepts the ball at midfield. And he jukes, and he jives, and he runs, and he spins, and he gets into the end zone. And I stood on the counter at Jake's Philly Stakes while he's running it back and screamed, Run, you magnificent son of a bitch! And he scored, and I netted $5,700. And everybody everybody who was sitting with me at that bar that day, I took out to dinner that week when the money showed up. Oh, really? I did. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how... 
That's how the poor. It's good karma, poor. yeah. So what? Um, what, did you did you have Twitter at the time? Did you tweet about it? No, Probably not, n- huh? no, no. It was it was it was. I was on Twitter like two months later. It was early two thousand nine. Yeah. Really. Yep. 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 That's so. what X used to be known as, kids. Yes. Um, so Flacco. The funny thing is, you look through his playoffs, and uh, few and far between are the games in which he completed over sixty percent of his passes, <laughs> including that Super Bowl run. Yeah. Including the Super Bowl run. The first three games, this is his completion percentage in that Super Bowl run. Um, 52%, 52%, 58%. And then finally, in the Super Bowl versus San Francisco, he, he was 22 for 33, 66%. Yeah. Uh, but just like notably, like 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions no in that playoff yep, run. Yep, yeah. no turnovers is a big thing. Here's Joe Flacco yesterday on how different he expects the Texans' approach to be on Saturday. Yeah, listen, I mean, I think anytime somebody plays like that, you're definitely going to go into that game and say, all right, we're not getting beat by that guy again. But once again, it's not my job to worry too much about that. It's my job to go out there and play on Saturday and just, you know, do what the do what the defense tells me. And you don't want to overthink it either. You know, you don't want to, you know, not, you don't want to take your head off of Amari just because you think that they're going to have some gigantic plan for him. Uh, we got to be ready for everything. Yeah. Um, I like it and that pretty much echoes what D'Amico has said that uh, the Texans, I, the Texans don't necessarily have wrinkles defensively that are huge and noticeable. I thought a lot of what D'Amico is going to do at times would be just kind of, um, you know, swapping responsibilities, disguising blitzes. I thought they did a good job. They did a really good job selectively blitzing in this last game versus the Colts and came up big at the end of the game. I don't know how much. I was trying to go back and think about, okay, how much of it was the play calling and the play of the defense versus Jonathan Taylor on that last drive versus, okay, was it Jonathan Taylor's bum ankle? I mean, there were at least a few of those plays. I don't, I don't think like Derrick Henry in his prime would have gotten out of the backfield. On yeah. it. You know, they got, they were deep in the backfield and they had him hemmed up. There were one or two that maybe a, a healthier Jonathan Taylor would have burst out of, but they hemmed up Zach Moss and the, and the first carry in that one. too. Well, th- there was one where he ran into Josh Downs, like Josh Downs yeah. was doing some kind of motion. It was a short yardage. In the backfield. That was an ugly one. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. that, that, that prevented them from staying on the field on that, on that yeah. drive. That was a, that was a third down if I'm not mistaken. Um, oh, yeah, the Bengals was the other team that CJ threw the pick against to let them back in the game, the almost pick six that let the Bengals back in. So what I, all I know is the Texans are 3-0 and when CJ Stroud throws an interception in a game. So go out there, throw a couple picks, and get us a win, CJ. <laughs> totally you non-correlated. That, you know, yeah. the, uh, the complete non-Kirk uh, Cousins type of stat, CJ Stroud is 7-3 and against teams with a winning record this year. Okay. So there you go. Yeah, that is non-Kirk Cousins. Now, the one thing, Kirk Cousins would have loved this schedule the Texans played this year. <laughs> 16 noon Sunday games. Cousins oh, would yeah. Cousins would have thrown for 6,000 yards on this schedule. <laughs> Just nice, get up and, uh, you know, go to work, go yeah. home, be in bed by 7. Hang with out your... with his kid, watch, you know, they play video games with his kid, his 6-year-old kid with the binky in his mouth. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know what else, too? Like, this is, I was thinking about this this morning. Um and there's, I think there's going to be a lot of Texan fans that are probably happy about this, at least a very vocal minority, that when we mention the name Deshaun Watson, go, why are you guys bringing up Deshaun? I have not thought once about Deshaun Watson this week until um, this morning, the, you know, there was, you know, something in, as I was, you know, scouring the internet getting ready, 
But they're playing just, I mean, Deshaun is on the Cleveland Browns, and I, I've not thought once to type his name in the rundown. I, he hasn't crossed yeah. my mind one time all week. He's been on the sideline as of later, at least when I've watched and noticed he's been on the sideline. Uh, remember, he got some criticism for being up in the booth looking very bougie um, with some fancy sunglasses on and everything yeah. and like, looking like he didn't give a damn. Uh, shortly after that, at least, at some point, he's down on the sideline now giving hugs to Flacco. I don't know. Man, there's a part of me that if the Texans can't pull this off versus the Browns, I will want the Browns to go on a run, not because it makes the Texans look better or anything, but just for that. I, I love that offseason pickle that you're in when if all of a sudden, like what if the Browns were to win the Super Bowl with Joe Flacco as their quarterback? And you got this guy with still, I mean, most of his most of Deshaun's contract hasn't yet been paid out. Correct. So I don't know how much, like $200 million guaranteed remaining or so on the, con- on, on the contract. Like, I, I, boy. That's a t- and this isn't like some Nick Foles type of situation where you feel like, okay, well, they caught lightning in a bottle, but we don't really think that much of Nick Foles. If they go on a Super Bowl run with Flacco playing the way he's been playing, you would have to accept that, like, okay, this guy was a driving force, and we could probably get the same thing from him next year. There's, there, I, I think there's almost no chance Deshaun's not their starting quarterback to start next year. He's, they're, just, they're hemmed in. He counts yeah. sixty five million against the cap next year. Chuck, what a buzzkill I'm doing in this hypothetical world. Which, mind you, everybody, this is not what I'm hoping for. It's just my little consolation prize. No, if, I, uh, we, you know, yeah, we know. We talked about that. Now, now that the Texans are playing the Browns, I feel zero that way. But we were talked about that with a couple weeks left. As Flacco was piecing not just the Texans defense, but a lot of defenses. Like, how dramatic would that be if he took them on a Super Bowl run? I really like honestly after that Browns game. I felt I, I really I was I really liked the Browns like I admired their pluck and it and I thought at the time like well yeah I can do that like the chances of them meeting the Texans in the playoffs who knows we don't know if CJ's even gonna come back and play yet this year or whatever um and now it's now it's full force in front of me and uh, like all those reasons that I respected the Browns at the time uh, they've made me slowly start to hate them by su- by Saturday um I will be a hate machine good good yeah, yeah. get your hate on for sure. Um, we're, we're going to reflect on some of the things, some of the accomplishments CJ Stroud had this year are absolutely remarkable. And does Nick Casario have a favorite CJ Stroud throw? We asked him yesterday. He, he cited two of them. We have them next. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. The conversation I had on the phone with um, with um, Mr. McNair when I got drafted was like just, it was like, man, like God sent him like, to be a part of uh, my life, and uh, Mitch McNair has been amazing as well. Just like, cause, I mean, it's my first team, so I really don't know, but like a lot of my teammates say, man, a lot of other places aren't like that, you know. So I'm just blessed enough to um, be um, with them through this time, you know, and um, D'Amico is is a perfect guy for this job, man. He, he brings something out of his players that, like, is indescribable, just like that strain, that, that mental stability, that toughness that he talks about. So, um, man, I can do nothing but just be appreciative and just be thankful for where um, I was picked and, like, the situation we're in now. And um, it's just been a blessing. It's really cool. I mean, it's really after the last couple of years of Texans football, it's really cool to hear a player talk about how excited he was to get drafted, talk about the Texans as a godsend to him. That, that was C.J. Stroud, obviously, earlier this week. I would love to know, Seth, before we get into all of C.J. Stroud's accomplishments this year, we're going to reflect – on what's been arguably the best rookie year that a quarterback has had, maybe in NFL history, C.J. Stroud. Um, and we'll get to Nick Casario's favorite two plays from C.J. Um, I would love to know which teammates he was casually referring to there. I'm assuming Ohio State teammates that he's talking about there, where he's talked to them about their situations that they're in. Oh, and it yeah, doesn't like Garrett sound, Wilson. Yeah, 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 Garrett Wilson in New York, you know. Uh, I wonder what uh, what Chris Olave how he feels about how things went in New Orleans this year. You know, it would be awesome if you put up a good text. Like even after the after the Jets game, look, Garrett Wilson texted me and said, "Man, I'd rather be concussed with the Texans than healthy with the Jets." <laughs> That's right. That's right. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> trying to think of who else. Jackson Smith and Jigba is in Seattle. They kind of cratered at the end of the year this year. Um, but yeah, undoubtedly, CJ's in a good situation right now, man. Everything's in sync. Everything. If they could just if they could just beat crappy teams. Now that I bring up the Jets, yeah, that's a it's a nice problem to have. That's their it's their little mini version of the Astros. Is it? They're not as good as the Astros yet, but they can at least play down to the competition. <laughs> they They've got that going. They've got that gene. <laughs> so, yeah, if they could. Yeah, <laughs> that's championship DNA <laughs> right it, there. Man, lose to the bad teams, beat the good teams. Absolutely. All right, let's um let's do a little reflection here on CJ Stroud's rookie year. These are, I'm glad you, I'm glad you got these compiled here, Seth. Well, I, you know what, honestly, I, as I went through it, it was a little, I, I was a little depressed speaking of that concussion because so many of the articles were basically from mid season where he was on pace to destroy yeah. a lot of rookie season records. And then he ends up only, uh, you know, only uh, playing 15 games. Yep. So, which, uh, you know, we're in that annoying 
era now where because of an extra NFL game, um, it, it feels like, you know, like a, a lot of these records have asterisks on them. But he, For sure. he was on pace to like 16. Like he could have let – I think he probably would have led the league in um, passing if he had passing certainly yards. If he had played two more games. Because he, pa- he led the league in yards per uh, – passing game. yards per game. Yep. Um, for players who played a certain number, had a number, certain number of attempts. I'll yeah. say this: No, you're right. You're right. He's going to miss out on a few things. I, he, I'm sure he doesn't care. I, he just wants to win. Um, and we're going to go through these in a second. But I would say this: Just now that you bring that up, I'm, I'm always trying to look at the, like the bright side of some of this stuff. He's had two of his best games as a pro since coming back from the concussion. And maybe he was able to get right physically while he was out for those couple of weeks. Right, right. Yeah, we had hoped that. You yeah. had brought that up, you know, um, like almost immediately. Yeah. He went down with a concussion, and you turned to me and said, thank God. So, uh, <laughs> it's not true. I was like, wow, Sean. It's not true. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I no, I did, I did think of that when the, in, the, in the Colts game on that blitz where there was a free rusher, and... Stroud had his back turned to the free rusher, to Harrison, the free rusher, and he heard footsteps and he went down. Yeah. And I think like that, you know, that you learn, hopefully there's, you know, hopefully he's 100% fine and never has another concussion again. But in that one little lesson, you know, and over getting sacked multiple times this year, you see him at the end of the season. I think he's, he's got the discretion to know when he needs to go down versus when he needs to extend a play. And it's like, and, and you saw it executed brilliantly in that game because one of the plays that he extended where there were big human beings after him was that miracle throw to Nico Collins. So, uh, yeah, that part of it's been maybe a blessing in disguise. Yep. Here's some of the accomplishments from C.J. Stroud. Rookie record for uh, passing yards in a single game, 470, breaking the record held by Andrew Luck of 433. He also became the third QB in NFL history to throw for at least 470 yards and five touchdowns with zero interceptions. This was the Tampa Bay game. Um, joining Y.A. Tittle and Ben Roethlisberger. I think the cool thing about that game, Seth, was obviously the comeback at the end was cool, but that was the week, that was the game after C.J. Stroud said, we need to attack downfield more. You know, we need to... Explosive plays was the big buzzword that week. And that was, uh, you know, they had played the Panthers, and you very much got the sense that the Panthers were jumping a lot of routes. The Panthers were just blanketing guys on a lot of these out routes that he and Nico and uh, Tank Dell and everybody else had gotten super efficient with. And they just went ahead and they said, all right, yep, okay, they're on to us in some respects. Let's just be aggressive downfield, and they did it. The really cool thing about that was CJ brought that up after the Panthers game, and he mentioned Bobby Stroud in it, or uh, Bobby Slowick, mm-hmm. in a way that it was nobody interpreted it as him blaming Bobby Slowick, and nobody thought that there was going to be acrimony between those two, I don't think, because it was just, he, he said it in such a, a straightforward and practical manner. It spoke to, I think, the relationship that those two have formed. Yeah. They just got to, they have a very, very good working relationship. CJ Stroud tied the single season rookie record for games with two touchdowns and no interceptions. He had six games. Two-plus touchdowns and no interceptions. Six games that fit that bill. This is the big one that was making the rounds yesterday or over the weekend. Stroud became the third player in NFL history, not rookie, player in NFL history, to lead the league in passing yards per game and touchdown-to-interception ratio in the same season. The other two were Tom Brady, the oh. year that the Patriots went undefeated in the regular season when they went 16-0 and and lost in the Super Bowl, <clears throat> and... San Francisco 49ers legend Joe Montana in 1989. Both of those guys made it to the Super Bowl that year. Montana so won the, the Super Bowl that year. The two guys that had previously been in a debate 
a never-ending debate for a while. Um, it seemed like it would never end between who is the greater quarterback, and then Tom Brady just kind of kept winning Super Bowls. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, you know, one thing I've noticed that it's evolved over the course of the season, too, is a lot of these records that he's set, It like a lot of them early on, like in his first couple games, it would be things like, no other quarterback has done this except for Joe Montana, Tom Brady, and Gardner Minshew. And you're like, oh, oh, all right. And like, like there was always one offsetting cautionary yeah. tale. Some of these ones, I only included ones where the other comps were guys like Ben Roethlisberger, Joe Flacco, or I mean, uh, 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 <laughs> Joe Montana, yeah. um, and and so forth. Yeah. Y.A. Tittle. We did the scrubs out. Yeah, it's that Y.A. Tittle one's pretty impressive. For yeah. Back in that day. Yeah. Like 470 yards back then. <laughs> yeah. Like he never threw for more than like 3,100 yards in a season yeah. in the 1950s. God, I'd yeah. love to know how that man defense must have. They must somebody have got sucked. Somebody got fired after that one. Or at least sure. had to go like work extra hours at the at the coal mine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> had to work after, three jobs instead practice. of two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You're going to have to go own the, mow the owner's lawn this weekend, son. Uh, a couple more and then let's get to Casario here. Uh, D'Amico Ryans and CJ Stroud, the fifth. First-year head coach and rookie uh, quarterback combo to make the playoffs in NFL history. First one since Andrew Luck and Chuck Pagano did it over a decade ago. And CJ, the only player in NFL history to reach 1,200 career passing yards without an interception. That happened in his first four games. Um, let's get to uh, Nick Casario. We asked Nick yesterday if you played a little word association. You know, if we said awesome CJ Stroud throw, what's the first one that pops into your head? Uh, yeah, you probably want to start with the throw to Nico the other night. I mean, essentially it was a 75-yard handoff. I mean, like that's – I mean, you're talking about two really skilled players. Um, you know, I'd say that I'd throw – I'd pause it, Ben. Let's against- relive that one right now. Let's relive that that throw to Nico Collins. CJ will throw on the first play for the Texans. Steps up, fires deep down the field, and caught by Nico Collins yes. at the 20, 15, 10, 5. Rock and roll. Touchdown, Houston. 75 yards on the opening play. Hello, Indy. Unreal. Yeah, all right. What else, Nick? Did you? Is there another one that you liked? I would say, you know, top-notch throws, which when you throw the ball down the field, typically it's pretty, not lower percentage, but, you know, there's just more incompletions than there are completions. Uh, but to be able to throw the ball with accuracy and placement in those particular situations, you know, I'd say those are, I'd say, two, you know, that, kind of jump off the tape um you know i think just overall like the passing game you know for the most part we've done a good job of with the overall execution of it there's been moments you know where we've had some throws we'd like to have back some plays like to have back but in overall i mean made good decisions tj's made really good decisions many time your touchdown interception ratio is what it is um it means you take care of the football your ball placement is in the right spot. You understand the integrity of the play. You understand what's being asked to play. You understand what your options are on the play. And that goes back to the play design. This goes back to Bobby, you know, Gerard, the offensive staff. So, I mean, CJ's a talented player. Um, he's done a great job, um, you know, collectively as a team. You know, we put ourselves in a All position. Right, ben, so I, I, um, I just want to talk about CJ. There were two. Okay, I, he mentioned Tank. Did Tank get edited out by whoever edited that audio? I want I want to hear Tank Dell's catch in week three because I was here. Nick mentioned it yesterday. I want to hear it, Ben. My God, Ben, I want to hear it. Tank Dell's catch it. No, just the catch, Ben. Just the play-by-play is fine. Yeah, just the play-by-play. Second down and seven from the 48 of the Jags. Stroud fakes the give. 
Now guns long downfield, and he wants Tank Dell, and Dell has the catch inside the one-yard line. Stop there. Yeah. Big play to Tank Dell. That was right in between three guys. That's one of mine. I, yeah. I, yeah, I like that one. Which was, uh, and like, uh, you know, Clinton pointed out, right on the landmark, too, which is like, like the right on the hash probably is where they would have, where he should have anticipated the ball. Yeah. Um, that part of it is, uh, has been really good. His deep ball accuracy and... Just and again without without throwing interceptions while throwing with accuracy deep, um, like it goes into like that's where the whole beautiful mind stuff starts, where you can see the different all the all the chess pieces moving around beforehand in a way that other people just don't see it. Yeah, he's got a really good feel for that. Uh, in that included in that Nico Collins throw too. Um, the, like you just have to have a very good sense for where people are, where they're going, and where they're capable of getting to. Yep. You know, like to have, which ironically is exactly the thing the S2 cognition test is supposed to be able to measure. How can I keep track of multiple moving objects yeah. all at once? It, ah, it sucked ah. at that. <laughs> the S2 <Yes>. test. <laughs> I'm excited. We're, we're, we're getting. I hope to... Dave Tepper. I hope Dave Tepper buys that company just so he can fire everybody. Just to in fire it. everybody. He's, yeah. He's known. Supposedly, there's all kinds. Supposedly, there's all kinds of stories about Dave Tepper basically having vendettas against people and uh, like being super, super petty about. Like everybody listening, imagine like the most petty you've ever been. Like and felt and like wanted to get somebody to have their comeuppance, and now imagine you had several billion dollars. Yeah, Tepper follows through on it. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Like he bought a he bought a house of somebody. Like they, they basically bought a house that somebody else wanted and had it destroyed just to like stories like that. Yeah, I don't remember the actual details. I'm fearful. That's how I would be as a billionaire. That's why I'm not a billionaire because I don't want to get like that. I just I'm, dude. There's no yeah. way in hell I ever want to be a billionaire. <laughs> Like well, unless I can remain anonymous, yeah, I'll be like uh, there are those. Yeah. I feel like there are a lot of people that are billionaires that aren't on the Forbes 500 or whatever because they've they, they figured out a way to. They yeah. own a bunch of real estate. They're all owned by LLCs, and yep. nobody. You don't want that headache, man. Nope. All right. Um, myths about the Texans and the Browns busted. That is next. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.
Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. So Dan Graziano of ESPN.com has myths about the 14 playoff teams, and he attempts to bust these myths in a piece on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. Let's skip right down to the Texans and the Browns, the four Which, uh, and five seeds. Again, if you want to just thank, uh, you know, recognize your blessings. Uh, gone are the days when in any article that had uh, was written about the entire NFL, when you had to scroll all the way down to 30, 31, or 32, nice. or do a control F or something. Uh, now it's like... For one, a lot of times you can they're right near the top of a list. Uh, or if you get to the playoffs, uh, th- there's not that many teams to scroll through. No. So it's, just, uh, it's very, very nice. Damn yeah. four seed, man. They're the four seed in the, uh, in the AFC. All right, here we go, Seth. I'm going to have you assess these myths. Yes. The myth. The, we'll do the Texans and the Browns. The myth, according to Dan Graziano of the Houston yeah. Texans, the Texans have enough at receiver to cope with the Tank Dell injury. Yeah, that's. I was a little confused about that being the myth. Like, I don't. I don't think that's like necessarily carved into a stone Anybody at the Acropolis. Yeah, like it's like yeah. yeah. And Zeus did say uh, the Texans are just fine at receiver. Nobody's so, saying that. This is proof. Yeah. That, this is proof that the Texans are still not completely back on the oh, grid. I'll tell you. Oh yeah, because like they had to concoct this crap, um, including this. Nice job, ESPN fact checkers. Yeah. The Texans went 3-1 and one in Stroud's final four starts of the season after he missed two games while in the concussion protocol. I'm reading that, and I'm like, wait, have I gone dumb again? What the hell? Is it, I thought he only played in two games after he came back from the concussion protocol. So I think what he meant is they went 3-1 and one after his concussion, including the two games that he wasn't there. But they were most yeah. certainly – he was 2-0 and after he came back from the concussion. Yeah, protocol. yeah. I'm like trying to yeah. go through in my head. I mean, he did He did go 3-1 and in his last three starts, but it, they weren't all after. Two of the starts were before – he only had two starts after his concussion. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like he, he – I mean – No, this is just – this sentence is wrong. It's wrong, yeah. Yeah, yeah it yeah. wasn't those, – those four starts didn't take place after his concussion. Yeah. So it just goes to show you, like, they, uh, they, they spent zero time on this. Yeah. It's just uh, – it's disrespect to the ultimate. And yet – Let's play along. If the Texans, if there was a myth out there that the Texans are are just fine at receiver while coping with the tank down injury, maybe because you saw Nico Collins go off for 195 yards versus the Colts, um, I think they, they make some good points that okay, this isn't the same offense as it was when Tank Dell was around. No, no, the explosives are way down. Graziano says, consider that from weeks one through twelve, the Texans had a league leading 54 plays of 20 yards or more including seven for touchdowns. Furthermore, the Texans only had one touchdown catch of 20 yards or more weeks 13 through 18. So they, yeah, they've only, they, their number of explosive plays have gone way down just 15 since week 13. The only thing I would add to that though, as well, is that if you're going to go weeks 13 through 18 in those six games that you cite, CJ was out and injured in two and a half of them. Yeah. Possibly more if he got concussed the week prior to that. If there was, the if Denver he was game. playing the concussion, let's just say I, there's a good chance that CJ was concussed and or absent in three of those six games. So I like if I like I'm not completely buying. I'm not completely buying a that it was a myth. But if it was a myth, I don't think your evidence that like it's that drastically. I don't think it's as drastically different as the. The stats they cited. Yeah, my, my, I've had a chance to get used to them not being as explosive as they used to be 
it's because yeah. Tank's been down for a while now. Tank Dell, Tank Dell is the cheat code that unlocks a lot of the explosiveness for the entirety of the offense, as opposed to just taking shots to Nico Collins nonstop. Um, my my concern is the depth at the position, and Robert Woods and Noah Brown, neither of whom practiced yesterday. You know, and and so we'll see today. They've got to get Seth, in my opinion. Yeah. I'm not going to say they'll only win the game if this happens, but I will say it gets easier if they get at least one of those two guys back. Get one of them back on the field, either Noah Brown or Robert Woods, because the drop-off, you could get away with just just hammering the ball to Nico Collins all day against Indianapolis. You need at least one more threat out there. And I say threat. It's not like Noah Brown and Robert Woods are... Justin Jefferson or something like that. But, I mean, my God, they're, they're a massive upgrade over John Mechie and Xavier Hutchinson. You know, they're, pro, they're at least seasoned pros. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, got to get, get one of those guys out there. As far as the explosiveness goes, I mean, like the very first play from scrimmage for the offense last week was pretty damn explosive. Uh, I just don't – that's probably not going to be available versus the Browns' defense. It, it could happen, but it's unlikely. They just don't make as many mistakes. They're a better defense overall. Um, but it's not like the Colts were chumps. It, like, that was a good defense, and they took their opportunity when they had it. Uh, it just they're, The Browns are much more capable of focusing the appropriate amount of attention on Nico and still taking care of everybody else as yep. well. Um, so I, I, don't, I don't think the wide receiver thing is a myth at all with the Texans. That's reality that I think a lot of Texan fans are super concerned about. The myth for the Browns, according to Dan Graziano of ESPN.com, the myth, the Browns can overcome Joe Flacco's interceptions. One of the great mm. storylines of the season, this is Graziano talking here, Flacco has started five games for the Browns and helped them into the playoffs after the loss of Deshaun Watson. The 38-year-old has thrown eight interceptions in those five games. He's also fumbled four times, Yeah, he's only lost one of them. That's, that is a good mention right there, Graziano. The Browns, like an old man fumbling for his keys. Yep. Yep. The Browns are nevertheless 4-1 and one in those games, largely because there's been 13 touchdown passes to go with all these turnovers, or in the case of the fumbles, potential turnovers. The Browns also have the best defense in the league. The Browns actually led the NFL in turnovers in the regular season with 37, but still went 11-6 and six because they were um, tied for fifth with 28 takeaways. They actually have a negative 9 turnover ratio on the season it's it's one of the weirder things about the Browns in all the ways that you think a team might overcome losing three of its quarterbacks you would think well they've got to be they've got to be like winning the turnover margin battle right like nope nope they actually turn the ball over they turn the ball over a lot but the Browns defense does create a lot of turnovers too so they're, they're still negative on the margin but it's offset at least by some of the and I think that Browns defense um uh, like they do a lot with those turnovers too, either good returns or scoring. With yeah. Them, so it affects field position, but there is, it's tough. I don't, I don't look at them like a flukish team. I feel like it's a well-constructed roster. There are some things about the Browns that it feels like, okay, it's going to be hard to sustain that through a playoff run. The problem is you've already seen Joe Flacco, like go against character once, once previously in his career, which was how many eleven years ago now that he did it? And he went. He Talk went out of four games. The playoff run. His, his Super Bowl chance. Yeah, yeah two thousand twelve. Eleven, eleven seasons ago. Eleven seasons ago. Yep. He went. It wasn't like Joe Flacco that entire season hadn't been turning the ball over. It was just he went on a freakish run where he had eleven touchdowns and zero interceptions in the playoffs. In three of the playoff games, he he completed 
fewer than 60% of his passes. Like it wasn't it wasn't precision quarterbacking. It was him throwing some awesome deep balls at times and then and not throwing uh the throwing turn, throwing interceptions or turning the ball over. Yep. Um so that's I that that one I think Graziano's more on target with the Browns one. I do think if the Texans if they win the turnover battle, if Flacco is if Flacco is as generous with the football in this game as he's been in the four game or the five games he's played for the Browns so far, I think the Texans win this football game. I do. Yeah. I, I you know if he's if he's throwing you know, round up, he's throwing a couple interceptions every game. I think if the Texans get a couple interceptions, I think the big thing too, Seth, if and this is where Will Anderson and Jonathan Grenard both playing, or at least one of them playing, if they can get the ball on the ground too, you know what I mean? Like if Flacco is inclined to to cough the ball up on a strip yeah. sack or something like that, and the Texans yeah. get on it. That's a, no, and that's the same thing. Interceptions are like pressures lead to interceptions. Yeah. The, the pass rush, the pass rush is everything in this game, and it's mostly from the edges because that's where the opportunity is. You've got if Jonathan Grenard and Will Anderson are healthy, you've got an extreme advantage versus the Browns' offensive tackles. Browns' interior offensive line is pretty good, and the Texans' defensive tackles are pretty banged up. But they can at least they can battle and they can have some good reps if they're if they're healthy enough to do it. So that pass rush and then being sharp on the back end, not making so many mental errors is big. As far as um, since Graziano's article is kind of like the myths of things as as they lead in the playoffs in general, I think for the for the Browns if they're to advance past this round, the big thing they got to look at is okay, Baltimore's second in the league in takeaways, Buffalo's third in the league in takeaways. Yeah. So like, the Joe Joe Flacco fumbling and throwing interceptions might really not bode well versus those teams. No, and and along those lines, we've had people ask like, okay, the Texans are playing this home game. Is there any is there any chance that they could play another home playoff? If they win this one, I admire the moxie of people looking ahead to the next round and getting greedy for a home playoff game for a four seed. Yes, mathematically it could happen. It, you would require the Dolphins to beat the Chiefs in what sounds like is going to be sub-zero weather in Kansas City this weekend. Yeah. And it would take the Steelers beating the Bills in Buffalo without T.J. Watt and with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. You would have to have both those things. Both happen. those teams, because then you'd have the one, the yeah. four, the six, and the seven. Yeah. Dolphins, okay, let me guess the lines on these. Okay. I'm guessing... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on, let me pull them up real quick here. Okay. Okay, I got them. Go ahead. Boy, okay, the Dolphins-Chiefs is a tricky one. I got to try to dial in what a public sentiment is is skewing this one because usually in the, you get into the playoffs and it's more heavily they're more heavily uh gambled upon so the public does move the line a little bit sometimes yeah i'm gonna say that it's i'm gonna say that this one is um kansas city by uh, minus one kansas city minus four it's in oh, Kansas wow, City. Okay. Yeah, it's in yeah. Kansas City. I know it's in Kansas City. I don't. I, I think that I, the Chiefs aren't a good football. Well, the, team. but the Dolphins—they're they're a mediocre football. No, team. but the Dolphins yeah. haven't played well of late either. I mean, the Dolphins, I know, yeah. I know, I know, and, I know, and it's going it, to be really, really cold. Yeah, um, and they have the home field advantage. Yeah, yeah. okay. No, the, I was listening. Hand, I was bad li- handicapping by I, me. I was listening on the way in today, Seth, and, and whoever yeah. I was listening to nationally was talking about this game, and the Dolphins have just an absolutely dismal record in conditions like are going to be in Kansas City on Saturday night. Like, awful. Terrible. So, yeah, well, and Tyree Kill drops a lot. Uh, like, so the, and those, he's banged those up. weather conditions don't favor him. Um, okay, so minus three for that. And then, okay, the minus Bills four, Steelers. Yeah. 
Bills minus four. Sorry, I was three off. Uh, Bills, Bills minus. Weather's not as much of a factor for those two teams. No, but I would say Bills minus nine, minus ten. Good guess. Okay. Yeah, I good. think you. I think you may have said that earlier in the show. So I, uh, that that might have been a subconscious. That's okay. That, Take credit, man. Minus ten. Yeah, my, minus ten. I. I don't see any way the Steelers win this game, which means they're probably going to go out and win the game. That's what Mike Tomlin does. I didn't see any way the Steelers would win 10 games this year after the Texans took them to the woodshed in week four, and now here they are with the same record as the Houston Texans. All right, um, do you want to guess some of these other ones? You want to take a yes. stab at the uh, – got to do these quick because we've got headlines coming up. Packers, okay. Packers and Cowboys. Cowboys minus six. Cowboys minus seven and a half. Oh, okay. Minus seven. That's a big half a I point. I should gamble there. all these ones when I'm shooting from the hip. Absolutely. And uh, see how much my intuition is better than thousands and thousands of people with computers. The return of Matthew Stafford to Detroit. Rams mm-hmm. at Lions on Sunday night in Detroit. What do you got uh, on this one? This is Lions minus six. Lions minus three in this one. Okay. Rams yeah. are one of the hotter teams in football right now. Rams, yeah. are, Rams are playing some really good football down the stretch. Um, last one, Eagles. We talked about this one yesterday. Eagles Buccaneers Monday night. Oh, this was weird. Yeah, because I don't because uh, the Bucks are lost. The Eagles have lost five of six. Yeah. Uh, the Baker Mayfield's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts right now. Yes, sir. And yet the uh, yesterday the Eagles were favored by one. Is that by right? Three, well, by two and a by half three. yesterday, and it's two up and to three. It's up to three, okay. It's up to yeah. three, yeah. I've already bet the bucks in that one. Uh, listeners, we like to do this little exercise every now and then to remind me not to gamble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Unless yeah. I happen to randomly be correct on uh, on all of those, in which I'm going to In which case, we credit. do it every week to show off yeah. Seth's yeah. handicapping skills. Exactly. Uh, sex message. I agree, Sean. I would rather live in a 600-square-foot apartment work outside than be an ungrateful horrible billionaire because <laughs> i would be like because i would be like tepper throwing beer on people and then buying all the footage to gaslight them <laughs> i like man i like it's true though i it's a i i think that it takes a certain you know there's that sweet spot for the amount of money you make where either it's uh and i feel like about it you know you're more money doesn't create more happiness after a certain level in most people. Yeah. Some people it does. Um, it's one of those things where you got to be happy to begin with for that extra money to make you like, it makes it that much easier to be happy. Yeah. But if you're like inherently miserable and then you get that money, it just makes you a different type of miserable. Right. You're going to be a miserable human being. And, and it's, and it takes on like a, like a perverse version of being miserable when you have that much money and power and nobody will tell you the truth. Yeah. Like then it's just, then it gets weird and ugly, man. And I, I like, I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't want that for you, Sean, to be, I don't clear, think you're happy enough to handle a billion dollars to be clear. I well, to be clear. I maybe not. I'm a very happy person, I, but know, I'm at the yeah. stage, but I'm at the stage where more money would definitely make me even more happy. Yeah. You, you were yeah. talking about, I'm I think, the, I think you're right. Yeah. As long as you can keep it, you just got to keep it quiet. Right. That's the only problem. It's just right. all those demands that come, um, and all the prying and everything else, uh, the, the, the people just trying to get a piece of you once they find out you're a billionaire. Oh, man, I come in with a fur coat the next day, 
Diamond encrusted shades. Yeah, I would be. <laughs> There'd be nothing anonymous. Yeah, about I would be flaunting it. Yeah, <laughs> pulling in, in a Bentley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever thought about if you won, like, uh, let's say you won the Mega Millions and you yeah. won like five hundred million? Yeah, no, I've thought about this a lot, and I know we need to get to headlines, Ben, but this is an important question. I've thought about it a lot because the Do you first. Keep it anonymous. Do you create a trust and keep it anonymous? I don't know if I would. That's keep... what the question I was going to ask. I, okay. Um, I would. Hmm. Yes, I would try to remain anonymous. Here's what would change for me, Seth. I don't yeah. know. I, I'm not sure if I would or not. But this is what I know because I have thought about this. As you drive past the billboards on the 610 loop, yeah. like what would I do? And I think the first thing that pops into a lot of people's heads is would I still work? And I would definitely still work. I, I yeah. would not want all that. Free, like honestly, like people are laughing like, oh, you wouldn't want all that free time? No. I, plus, I love what I do. What I would do is I would treat – because we're talking like hundreds of millions of dollars – my clients here that sponsor me would get treated so awesome by me that I would yeah. bury the other radio stations in town. I would use oh, that's my what wealth. You would do you would buy I would use, you would Arthur Smith it. I yeah, would use okay. my wealth to become the greatest radio personality in the history of the city and stay local. And stay it's, local. Uh, yeah, I don't I'm want to always go like, well, well I, that is one thing that I like. I, it's it's more fun that way. Yeah. The whole thing about being national is that you are constantly pissing people off everywhere. The fun thing about local and like in radio, it's like without going to the economics of it, like there's a lot of advantages to being local in radio versus national radio uh, financially and everything. But um, but the fun part of it is that you don't. You just you get to be. You get to hate other teams yeah. and actually get love for it. Um, you get to like be in lockstep with people in your city, yeah. like with the emotions and everything. It's just a whole different vibe. So if you're rich, yeah, you would definitely want to. Yeah, you would. You would keep doing this specific job for sure. You would just probably donate all of your earnings to Ben. And you would, um, you know, and we'd probably have like the nicest studio around. Yeah, I, I would invest deeply in burying everybody else in the marketplace. That's what I would do. I would satisfy my competitive urges. That's that's exactly that's and and so when you walk past your competitors in the press box or at events, they're staring daggers into you because they're so mad <laughs> it's all them. the money yeah everything like everything like yeah you yeah just man oh sick. dude yeah. i'd be like the million dollar man ted dibiase it would be incredible absolutely somebody real quick yeah. uh sci fair frank with a nice little quote here money is like alcohol it just magnifies what you already are okay i'd say in a certain number yeah i i, I wonder i bet that's true like 80 percent of the time yeah, yeah yeah i'm a good drunk so i think i'd be a good billionaire Thank you, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> Too ironic. The, the very thing that will keep me from ever becoming a billionaire is the thing that would make me a good billionaire. Absolutely. Ah. absolutely. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours okay stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion celebrate and save at ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys your choice of color starting at just 3.99 ashley sleep mattresses starting at 250 plus receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like stearns and foster temper pedic purple and beauty rest black with 60 months special financing only at ashley subject to credit approval no minimum purchase required minimum monthly payment down payment tax and delivery may be required see store for details 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.